Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 84. And today I am joined all the way from London by Ashanti, who is the founder of Nourish with Ashanti. Hi, Ashanti. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you on. So Ashanti is, like I said, the founder of Nourish with Ashanti. An honest business, it offers honest business and career advice. She's building a community for um, business owners and it builds communities. She's a community builder, rather. She's a speaker. She's a virgin startup mentor. She was involved with the Women in Food Network. She's a podcast host. She's a writer. Uh, she's into food business. She's a marketing expert as well as an entrepreneur. So a little bit about Ashanti. She left her corporate career to run her own business with just an old laptop, Wi-Fi, and pure grit. Would you like to tell us what you were doing before Ashanti, your corporate career? And your yeah, career? sure, sure. Yeah. So before I actually worked in finance and banking in London. So I wow. started out early days. Yeah, so I've worked with various sized institutions and compliance departments, and I've also worked for um, an organization that actually um, tries to solve disputes between consumers, small business, and financial institutions as well. So I've been on both sides of the spectrum um, when it comes to finance. Wow. And now you're sharing your experiences and insights with others who can learn from your mistakes. And yes, absolutely. Some of, and some of your, your successes include to date a successful corporate career in banking compliance, creating a network of over 500 entrepreneurs, industry ex experts and thought leaders within a year, world innovation food and beverage judge in 2017. You are obviously a Virgin startup mentor for those of you who are listening in and don't know what Virgin is. It's Virgin as in Richard Branson's Virgin. Um, started one of the few food business podcasts in the UK, which showcases women in food globally. Uh, you've been a business writer for various online outlets, and you also speak regularly at startup events, business conferences, universities, networking events, and so on. You also do workshops. You've had um, your, your workshops covering areas such as marketing, starting and growing a food business, how to start a business with no money in your bank account, the importance of personal branding, engaging and activating audiences and communities. You've been featured every and anywhere. We know that. <laughs> and it's all really around, it's all been around food for you. That's, that's been your, yes. your niche for very, a very long time, as well as community building and, and digital platforms as well. And um, Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Mm had a real love for food um culturally and also in terms of my family background so i did see a gap in the market to help yeah other entrepreneurs and existing businesses in the food space yeah and i mean being half jamaican half Ghanaian, that's quite a very rich <laughs> cultural culinary background right there so i mean i imagine this, there was always good food in your house growing up absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And also when you think about it in, you know, developing countries and my family is no different, you know, um, food as an enterprise is very common. Oh, so yeah. yeah. That link as well. Yeah. I think people who are coming from um, developing economies, emerging economies, we're very familiar with food being big businesses because I think culturally food is a big part of who we are you know we do we do everything around food and food is very much a social glue in in cultures in Africa yes. in Latin America in the Caribbean in the Middle East in Asia like you know families get together every day sometimes over massive meals you know like I see it here in China a meal in China is it's it's like big <laughs> you know the entire family gets around and there's just bowls of food and the food keeps coming and the whole family is there and everybody's eating and this is a daily thing so um food is yes. definitely social guru it's it's community it's it's a lot of things when you're coming from um developing countries so you've told us a little bit about um we know now your background who you are where you come from and what you've done and you're on today to share with us the emotional baggage of building a business 
and how to manage um, disappointments and setbacks. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and, and how to manage you know, how to manage it with grace. <laughs> right, <laughs> righteous, righteous suffering, you know? <laughs> <laughs> when you're building a business. And I think, you know, when you, you know, just a minute ago when you introduced me, I usually, whenever I get introduced on any platform or at an event, I tend to zone out of the introduction and I don't even read my own bio, yeah. which is why it took me a couple of even be able to share something with you because actually all of those things are merely surface and titles if you haven't and if you are not working on your actual mental and emotional well-being because yeah. the actual reality of building a business can be it's so much more torrid it's so much more up and down and it really presses on your mental strength Oh God, yeah. um, so I don't see myself through my bio and those kind of accomplishments which from the outside you know, may seem, you know, a lot better yeah, than for sure, actually for the sure. fight to get there. Mm. Yeah, and we, we had a great chat before we came online because I think we both agreed that the emotional stuff is what weighs on you more in those first yes. you know, three to five years of business, the early stages of starting a business. And that's, and that's the kind of stuff we don't hear about. And that's one of the reasons you've decided to do what you're doing and I've decided to do what I'm doing because I think we don't hear about what's happening in the early stages of building a business, especially not from women who are operating in or coming from developing economies. And I think there's so much emotional baggage. There's so much inner strength that's required, all of that stuff that we were talking about. So would yes. you like to expand more on that for us? Absolutely. So, I mean, my personal journey has been such that you know coming I came into an industry from an already a corporate environment but I came into an industry that was very different to me so I was often the only black woman or only black person in these networking events these networks and these communities and although I used all of the resources and the skills that I had at the time to build that community, to start the podcast show, to run the workshops, it was incredibly difficult to really be accepted and fit into the existing food business world. And I definitely had quite a few, um, you know, very difficult experiences um, communicating and working alongside other peers mm. in that business mm. yes yeah. and yeah. so very early I realized I had to work on my mental well-being I had to work on my emotions and how I responded to situations that were unexpected situations that did not go well uh, in order to try and survive to keep growing the brand that I was working on at the time yeah mental agility and um, some words that come to mind when you're first starting out and building a business are um, uncertainty, um, let's see, flexibility, <laughs> um, things yep. like uh, mental self-care, <laughs> mental well-being. Uh, these are all crucial because you're going to have to deal with so much stuff stuff from your friends, stuff from your family, stuff from people that you meet. Yes. There's just going to be a lot of stuff. So what kind of things did you, I mean, coming from a corporate background, which, you know, a lot of people sometimes don't, they just think, oh, well, it's all business. It's not. Coming from the corporate world and going into entrepreneurial spaces, they're two very different spaces. They're, they're very dissimilar. Yes. Um, and what are some of the experiences that you can share with us that you've had just from those different, from those different angles, say like your family versus your friends versus your corporate colleagues Absolutely. getting into this new space? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So first of all, starting, I guess, you know, with your corporate colleagues, you know, they didn't necessarily understand why I was making what I was making. At the time I was in my mid twenties, mm. I was actually in quite a senior position within banking and I could have gone on to earn a lot more money. I mean, for mm. my age, I was earning a lot of money. And you were working in the city, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And for those of you so that don't know what the city is in London, it's, it's sort of the square mile where all the financial center, the hub, it's kind of like in America, you'd have Wall Street um, or, or like Hong Kong in Asia. It's, it's just the financial district. Yeah. So. 
exactly. So, you know, and I had I'd been in that environment by myself, as I say, given I out and so I'd always been reaching and working um, mm. to to get promotions and get higher and higher within that field. Um, and that obviously came with money, but a lot of responsibility. But it also was quite isolating at times mm. because I didn't have friends with me during my working day. Mm. And I was often the youngest in the team. Mm. I was often the only person of colour. So that presented some challenges. It, was, it could be quite lonely during the work day itself. Mm. Um, and, but one of the things that, you know, I've kind of always done is travel. My mum really instilled this love of travelling in me in a long time. So I would always go away, you know, once, twice a year. And um, one particular holiday to Barbados um, with some friends, there were, we used to walk up and down the tourist strip um, mm. that we were staying on. And I'd meet a lot of business owners obviously you're going into the shop and buying souvenirs and whatnot and there was a lady who had a small convenience store and mm. she would be in there with her daughters and I'd just get chatting to her sometimes as I walked past mm. and I gave her some suggestions you know one day her daughters were asked were helping her um, communicate with what seemed to be like a utility provider and mm -hmm. discussing how much it was that she owed and it just really struck me there were simple things that I knew that I was able to help them with mm. um, and I, it just really struck me well, how many other women in developing countries are trying to make a living and feed their children mm. um, who could do with a little help and that's really what sparked in my head you know could I take the knowledge that I had in terms of business and finance in the corporate setting and create a community of women in food globally and, and, and provide resources and tools that could help them yeah. Um, basically you know create income and so that's really how the journey started I then built up a community I used Facebook I used Twitter to build up this community of women in food all over the world and um, after doing the online community part I started doing the workshops I started doing the networking events and then I also from the very beginning really started recording conversations I was having with the women that I was meeting in the food Mm. And so um, that's how it all started. But the interesting thing about that was that my corporate colleagues obviously didn't necessarily understand where I got this idea from and they couldn't actually see the monetization element. Why would I want to leave a job where I had a steady income um, to do something like this? So I'd say, you know, it, there was a lot of uncertainty for my colleagues. In terms of family, um, I have to be honest, I have actually received a lot of support from my family. A, because I think culturally and personally, they could identify with the goals and aims of the Women in Food Network. Mm. You know, as I say, in our countries of all, we have females in our family who actually use food as enterprise, as a way to create income. Oh, Very absolutely. common. And so that's, they that's could definitely identify and state. Yes, yes. So they could identify and relate. So from that perspective, it was fine. However, um, I think for my family, they really, what they have done over the last three years is really support me. Um, you know, I moved home. I moved back home. I gave mm. up my car, you know, mm. because I had to really streamline my finances to get mm -hmm. together. So in terms of the support of, you know, the, my mum taking me back <laughs> in my you know, I can 20s, relate. I can um, relate. And I can just relate. Being, yep. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, moving back as an adult is not easy for the whole family, you know, readjust to some extent. And um, yeah, you know, using the car, borrowing the car, delivering things, driving to meetings, driving to events. You know, my mum really supported me in all of that. So in terms of familial support, um, it's been very good. And I think out of my siblings, I am probably the biggest risk taker. So they often, you get the sense that they admire the risk that you're taking. And so in the ways that they're able to, they have supported. The tricky area in terms of support was friendships. Hmm. So some of my friendships have survived this period in my life and some haven't. Hmm. Some hmm. friends have been totally disinterested. So they have never engaged. They don't even share my stuff on social media. They've never asked me how it's going, much mm. less what I'm doing. 
And those mm. friendships, for the large part, haven't survived because obviously you become, as you know, quite invested. And mm-hmm. um, uh, what's the word? You you invest a lot of time yeah. in what it, what it is that you're doing. You're working weekends. You're up early. You're up late. Um, so it's difficult if there is somebody in your life who has no interest in that particular thing. And therefore, it then begins to feel as if they have no interest in you. And so that those friendships can naturally die. Mm. Um, so <laughs> yep. I had that segment of friends. And then I've got the segment of friends who have, again, been fascinated, curious, and have supported by default, because I guess they trust my judgment. And actually, they're also, um, they're like, you know what, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I'm amazed that you're doing it. And so they are supportive. They will come out to events, for example. Mm. Um, and, you know, they always might read the blog or might listen to the podcast. Um, so, you know, it's been mixed in the friendship area, but it has been a very painful area because I've had, I had very, what I thought were good friendships before this period mm. of time. Um, mm. but you know the ones that have broken down not all of them were were easy for me to emotionally deal with yeah yeah and I think it's so important for us um, to discuss things like this because when you're just starting out you don't really have a lot of people being honest about how things are and you hear yeah. a lot about like we were saying the success stories and those who've quote unquote made it and all of that stuff. But you don't hear about the fact that, you know what, moving back home to live with your parents is the norm. (laughs) Okay. Or unless you've got rich fam, fine. (laughs) Um, Or unless you're married and your husband is willing to have, you you know, stay at home. Um, Not sorry, stay at home, but like reduce the, 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 your income in your family or whatever it is. And even situations like that, People lose boyfriends and girlfriends and husbands yes. and wives in this process. Um, also, you shift from having a steady income and having, you know, status in your corporate world and all of that, a corporate job and all of that, to being yep. a nobody starting from the bottom and coming to the top. You also deal with friendship. Yep. I mean, I don't think I have, and I've met a lot of entrepreneurs in the past three years of building this platform. And I don't think I've ever met one who said to me that all of their friends were on the board. You will definitely lose friends. Um, Just because number one, it just shows to show the fragility of some of these relationships that we do have in the first place. And which is a good thing, which is a good thing. And I think number two, also you realize that a lot of your friends just aren't risk takers and they can't handle it. They can't handle it. And you almost scare them like, wow, you know, and maybe it's a bit of insecurity on their part. Maybe it's just the fear of, you know, you're rattling on and shattering a little bit of, of what I think is comfort and I can't deal with that. I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of that as well. You go through a lot. There's a lot of emotional stuff. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, I even had a friendship that has ended, you know, and one that's left in still really an uncertain state. But that was, you know, almost like a bereavement. Yeah, it's quite sad. It's quite sad. Yes. And that, a lot of that, you know, it it, it stems from, you know, selfishness, Mm -hmm. um, but also misunderstanding because they they don't necessarily understand that journey that you're on. Yeah. And so they find it difficult to adapt to that. And therefore yeah. that's where the breakdown of friendship can start. Yeah. So it has yeah. had quite a significant impact um, on, on the, and you know, the thing about it is as well is that I think when you're starting a business, other people could perceive or think that you're quite selfish and mm-hmm. um, very inward thinking mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, putting yourself first. And in many ways, you do have to do that. You mm-hmm. have to be very narrow and focused when you are starting something like this because it takes a whole lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, often most women, particularly, especially women in developing countries, they're starting these businesses with a view to helping other people. Mm-hmm. Ironically, mm-hmm. that's what I was most of my time doing is mm. really being able to reach 
people and say, look, here is a resource, here is a tool that will help you make mm. more money so that you your family and so it's just it's very it can be very difficult very challenging yeah and I think from my own personal experience what is hard is when you share this you know big dream or big vision or plan that you have and you're so passionate about it and you're so into it with your friends and they don't share your passion you know the maybe Mm. the comments the comments they make are yeah whatever or they laugh or how do you think you're going to do that or who do you think you are like give me a break and that really hurts that really hurts and it's something you don't hear us discuss often but it does it hurts because your whole life is wrapped up in this idea and you are serious about making this happen and someone who you think is close to you who you value then says to you, well, no, it's not, you know, and you just think, wow, and that really hurts. And then from that point, the relationship suffers. It's damaged. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think also uh, following on from your point as well is that there's the other issue of, you know, when you're starting a business, the number of iterations and evolutions you have to make and, mm-hmm. and that occur. And that's normal. you have to and that is normal and yeah and that is normal but from the outside it mm. can look like failure and a waste yeah. of time and, and like you don't know what you're doing you, and like you don't know what you're doing exactly exactly so not only are you having to manage the internal emotions and feelings from being frustrated and disappointed that maybe something you've worked really hard on isn't giving you the results you want right now or it didn't turn out exactly how you planned you're dealing with those emotions but then you've got to deal with the feedback that you receive sometimes from people who you think should know you oh mm. well why are you bothering with this because it's not working it's taking too long you're not but they don't under- they don't understand money. but they don't understand that these big platforms that we're using today like the facebooks and so on and so forth yes. they didn't these are not and that's what people fail to realize these are not overnight successes these are projects no. that have been underground for years <laughs> until they became successful. No business is successful overnight. And every business, exactly. when it first starts out, has to take time to figure out its business model. And there are many iterations. But like you said, for people on the outside who don't understand that, they can be very harsh. And you've got to manage, yes. you've got to manage that too. And that's why I, one thing I've learned and um, one of my mentors said this to me is you've got to stop talking business with people who are not. Yes. I had to learn that. Yes. I really had to learn that business is for people in business. So I talk business with other entrepreneurs and business people and those kinds of people. And when I'm with people who are outside of that space, I don't bring that up when I'm with my political, you know, socioeconomic activist friends. That's what I talk there. You know, when I'm with, you know, just, uh, my girlfriend, certain kind of girlfriends, I talk about other kinds of things. You've got you've to learn how to compartmentalize and you've got to learn who your audience are and you, can't, you just can't talk about certain things. Absolutely. And that is what keeps Absolutely. relationships alive and vibrant because you know your boundaries and that's it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And that is a skill that you have to learn because because I think when you're starting by yourself, naturally you share with the people around you. Yes. But you learn that actually you need to only share, as you say, maybe with a mentor, with like-minded individuals, with other peers who understand the reality and aren't judging you and your failure or success based on that day. Or who don't um, think that you think you're better than them. Because there's a lot of that too. Oh, that like... is another big thing. <laughs> It's, it's a big thing that one as well and it's just like do you know what I actually don't think I'm better than you at all in you know I don't think I'm better than you. I think the other thing is when you start a business depending on what you're doing you should and you do become a subject matter expert in your thing and mm. I think that also can be intimidating for other people and that's why they may say oh you think you're better or whatever or you know it all and oh, it's yeah. not that at all yeah and that's that's you know? a cue that's a cue for you to realize you're not supposed to be talking about these things with yes. people you you got to learn and i and i had to learn that the hard way um some one of my mentors just had to point it out to me like come on you know 
just stop being ridiculous. You, you're trying to have conversations with people who don't understand what you're saying. You've got to stop. You've got to have, you know, certain, it's kind of like when, when someone says it's, it's, it's analogous to being in a relationship, you know, like I'm a, I'm a straight woman. So I would be with a man, for example. And, you know, if I'm sitting there saying he's my everything, he's my all, he's my best friend, he's my confidant, he's my blah, 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 blah. And to me, that's unrealistic. One person can't be all of that to you. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Don't go to your friends, talking to your friends about business who are, don't understand business. You know, you, you can't have these friends to be everything to you. You've got to learn that these are my friends who I can talk about this with, and that's okay. You've got to like diversify your, your, your groups of and networks and people, and you've got to learn who you can talk to about what. And for me, that's the same way in like a relationship with a guy, because I where I am now, I'm not going to be with a guy expecting him to be everything to me and do everything for me because that's not realistic. You know, you got to, it's like with Mm -hmm. a relationship too, you got to know what can we discuss and how can we discuss certain things? Because he may not, even if you've got a man or a husband, he, if he's not in business, let's say he's an engineer, he's not really going to understand everything that you're talking about either. (laughs) You know, Yeah. And even that will put pressure on the relationship. So even if you're in a relationship, you can't go to your partner all the time thinking he's going to understand you because it's not his fault. If he doesn't understand, he may want to support you and that's fine, but he's not going to always understand you. So you've got to have your people, you know, your squad, your tribe, you know, your mentors, your networks. And these are the people that you go to and you pour your heart out to because they get it. (laughs) <laughs> yes and, you know, it's funny that you say that that is the, just a brilliant point and I, I mean I'm somebody who believes that you can't get everything from one person it's and, true but everybody has some value and I think where I struggle I think with those friendships that broke down is that people don't necessarily recognize your value mm. and they expect too much from you because mm. the irony was that when I transitioned into starting my own business, I didn't expect them to always understand. I didn't expect them to always care even about the specifics of what I was doing. But what I did expect was that they still recognize my value as a person. And, and I think didn't. that's where, mm. and they didn't. And so if that readjustment doesn't happen, it just reveals that there was a crack there in the first place. Um, in terms of mutual respect and to your other point and I think it's such an important point because and it's something that I'm actually have got on my list of things to do in terms of the content for my podcast is to talk about dating and on oh God, and yeah. when you are someone oh, yeah. who's starting your own business because you know it's funny for me as a I'm nearly 30 now so all my friends most of my friends actually are older and it's always been like that in my life to be fair I think I've only got very few friends probably exactly my age right um and what is interesting is that has always been a, a, a an advantage to me in terms of maturity mm. um yeah. but what's interesting is that obviously they're all kind of in places in their life where they want to be in long-term relationships they want to start having children etc and when they often talk about their criteria for a suitable partner it mm. you know it's the usual he must be have this amount of money he <laughs> must have savings he must, you know it's he must be financially solvent. <laughs> exactly which is amazing and I sit there and I you know obviously in previous times when I was in a corporate career and I was in my early 20s you don't have a clue about life at all um (laughs) you know probably eight years ago I would have participated in that conversation but recently it kind of struck me the conversation was happening again over dinner and wine and I actually just said to them look guys like by your definition no one would date me you do understand it so although I'm a woman and society's expectations of men and women are slightly different in relationships but let's face it the world has changed and Mm. so I said to them anybody who had the criteria you've got wouldn't I wouldn't even get shortlisted because from the outside I live at home with my mum and I'm turning 30 I don't (laughs) have a car because I gave my car up Um, I don't have a steady income because I freelance and I don't look like I have anything going on in my life. Whereas if you get to know me, you will understand that I've made all those decisions and the rationale behind those decisions and what it is I'm trying to achieve. But from the outside, not knowing me, you just would discount me. And I thought that was, they had never thought about it in that way before. 
honestly, they were actually just silent. There was no response because <laughs> they had not thought about that at all. You know, that I still probably have some value. Now, I, I certainly wouldn't be looking to have children in my current situation. Oh, God, because, no. Um, yeah. No, I don't have the stability to offer a child in that regard. But in other areas, I probably could still add some value to somebody <laughs> else. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> according to, you know, the 2018 definition of what an independent woman is and what, you know, a suitable male partner should be doing, I probably wouldn't. So it's quite funny when you start, the business journey starts challenging your own preconceptions, yeah. your own reality. Yeah, definitely. I mean, personally, and I had this conversation with um, someone else on another podcast about relationships. I'm not in a relationship and I couldn't imagine being in a relationship whilst like trying to build this thing because I'd be the worst mm. girlfriend. No way. Like uh-uh. it's not happening because you, my whole life is consumed by this thing. And it's like, it's selfish. You know, I, I couldn't be in a relationship. What kind of girlfriend would I be? Mm. Like, and it just, it wouldn't work. And, but I know that about myself, you know, I know that about myself and I, I would not put myself out there knowing that I can't, you've got, that's another thing too. When you're building a business, your relationships suffer. I don't care how yeah. understanding he is or she is or whatever, it suffers because you invest a lot of time in this thing. And when you're Absolutely. in a relationship, you've got to invest time in other people, not just your things. And your relationships can, may, and do suffer. And sometimes people break up. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's true. And this is the thing. If you've got high expectations, not even high expectations, if you have a specific set of expectations, because people can want what they want, but if you've got a very specific set of expectations mm. from your partner and the life that you want to lead, then, you know, I'm definitely probably not the type of person, you know, I'm not in that place right now because mm. actually, you know, I do enjoy what I do. And yes, I still believe in it, despite the setbacks and the challenges. I feel like I've got maybe one or two, you know, rounds in me to try and see if this can work. And so, mm. um, or whether I am the person who can make it sustainable financially and have the type of impact that I'd like to have on my community. So, mm. you know, that was really, I'd say... I've had to deal with a lot of emotional baggage and, and actually really challenge myself, be honest within myself about where I'm at, what I want out of life. You know, now yeah. money means a totally different thing to me. I've earned a lot of money before. I've also survived the last three years as an adult on yeah. a much yeah. lower income. So yeah. now assets and material things and money means a lot less to me yeah. because I've, I've actually lived the reality which is I can live on less and still be happy and at the end of it and that's something that, some... that's positive that you learn through this experience yes mm. yeah yeah um you know it's 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 you know it, it's a hard it's, it's it's been a you know a journey and I know obviously people go through things in life anyway you know probably around the age of 30 with everybody every other woman worrying about her biological clock I probably would have had to have confronted these issues anyway and yeah. I do think starting the bit when I did forced me to do it a little bit earlier and really think about how I view myself how do I measure myself what is mm. my value only what I can give others was my value only in my job title you know yeah. I had to really explore and you go through that yeah you definitely go through that because so much of your worth is attached to whatever your title was and I think that's the benefit of starting a business straight out of uni or straight out of secondary school or high school whatnot is that you don't have that kind of baggage emotional baggage to deal with but once you've had a career you pretty much break yourself down and you're building up from scratch again. And a lot of people don't want others to see them vulnerable in that way. They don't want others no. to see them starting all over again. But there's so much strength in that. There's so much courage in that. There's the person that you become after you have left whatever career or whatever you were doing and you transition and you start all over again. You are a force of nature to reckon with. I mean, you are just so strong and you're so resilient and so many amazing things happen to you, but you've got to go through 
those hurdles and, and the growing pains. And a lot of people give up too quickly. Yes. And I think you're right. And boy, have I had to do that. You know, um, that has been a really, really big area. In fact, I think it's had the most impact on me personally more than anything else in terms of competency in my profession and my ability. Of course, I've gotten better because I've been thrown into the deep end and I've really worked hard to hone my craft. But actually, the biggest changes have been in my personal life and my yeah. my my view of myself and how much I value myself now. That was something that I didn't, I knew it needed work, but it's forced me to really work on this area of, of self-esteem and confidence for who I am and not what I can give to other people. Yeah, or how other people perceive you, you know, your self-worth. Exactly. And even when you're building a business, you know, you, you, your self-worth should not be based on your productivity, you know, how much you put in. And because you can get caught up in this entrepreneurial space as well in this whole, you know, um, sweat equity and work hard and yes. hustle always and never stop. And that's, that's a whole other toxic level of stuff. And that's a whole other conversation that we are not even covering today. But that's bad too. You don't want to go from one extreme to the next. I mean, you need to eat, you need to sleep, you need to recharge. Sometimes you need to step away for a while. Um, you don't want to be this hustle, grind, kill yourself, you know, startup person. Because <laughs> that happens a lot too. That happens a lot too. Well, it's not good for your well-being. And that's of the course reality. Not. Of really course not. Good for your well-being. I mean, most um, entrepreneurs become depressed. They become depressed. And they, they deal with mental health issues because of the stress and the pressure of building a business. And, and this was a big thing for me. I've had periods of time where I've certainly thought, you know, and felt that kind of pressure mm. and disappointment and depression. I really have. And mm. um, I knew that I had to get a grip on this. Mm. Um, and that's really what pushed and spurred this new evolution of doing the nourish with a shanty so i basically um evolved all of the business and marketing consultation material and content um mm. from women in food to nourish with a shanty because it did it did need a broader scope and i found that i was reaching more people from talking about some of those 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 peripheral issues yeah yeah so we have talked about emotion some emotional baggage so we've looked at um, friends, we've looked at romantic relationships, we've looked at, you know, transitioning jobs, um, parents. Is there any other kind of emotional baggage that we haven't touched upon that you will have to face when you're in those early stages of building your business? Well, I think we've touched upon it slightly, but the reality is how you feel about yourself, your self own worth. inner, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely, your self worth and your own. Um, inner strength really as well because remember sometimes our reactions and feelings to friends family colleagues and peers is often a reflection of what we really think about ourselves you yeah. know often it's that that drives the way we react and the way we deal with it or not deal with it at all because some people try to avoid conflict altogether yeah which is not good um, which is not good it's not good and so i think that yes the la the last and probably most important thing is how you feel about yourself and giving yourself the grace and the freedom and the space to explore that you won't always get it right you won't always be able to articulate or express exactly how you're feeling and why you feel that way but i think if you can be as honest and transparent with yourself mm. it will help you maybe work through some of the areas that you need to work on in terms of your personal development Absolutely. And, um, you know, you've got to be someone who believes really strongly in what you're doing, because a lot of people mm. are going to tell you it's wrong. It's not going to work. And you have to got to have the conviction of a, you know, like a racehorse. You know what you're doing. You've got your blinders on. You are focused. And there's nobody that, that should be able to come to you and tell you anything. You've got to be unshakable. And that comes yes. with with self-esteem, with self-worth, and it also comes with your purpose. You gotta know why you're doing what you're doing. If you don't have a why, then you're just going to get sidetracked when everyone, anybody that says something to you, it's gonna offend you, it's gonna hurt your feelings. You've gotta be firm in what you're doing. You gotta have a strong sense of purpose. And self-esteem is really important because um, building a business is hard work and it will involve you failing. And if you don't have a strong sense of, of, of worth, um, it can really crack you open and damage you. 
in 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 absolutely yeah yeah and i think that's a lot of the time those are the things that obviously um people don't discuss you know Mm. um it's it's those darker times um and and i think it's it's it, you know, it's good to have these conversations. I'm yeah. in a place where I can actually have this conversation because I've done the work and I'm doing the work mm-hmm. um, on myself. So that's yeah. why I can share this, you know, without coming away from it feeling laid bare. Um, yeah. And it yeah. is because I've done the work. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's very sexy to say you're building something. It's very sexy to say I'm starting a business. But you know, that's just, that's just sexy. That's just the idea. When you actually start doing the work, then it's a completely different thing. And like we said earlier, a lot of people don't want others to see them building something from scratch. But what people need to realize is that's the strength. That's, that's where you're going. That's, that's where you need to be, you know, at the bottom, in the trenches, you know, down in the dirt, (laughs) literally building something. And there is so much joy in that. There is so much like I said, you know, it's like righteous suffering. There's so much in that, that that makes you who you are. And you have to go through that before you can reach that, you know, the level of success that you, you see around you or that other people that other people have. And if you're not willing to do that, then maybe this this isn't for you, but nothing really is for you. Because if you anything you want to do, you gotta work hard at it. And yeah, absolutely. And the thing is is that that's like when you do you see people reach a certain level of success it's earned and it's been worked for because Mm. you you know it's it's the risk that you take you know whether that be financially emotionally and and then the 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 cycles of um emotion and progress and growth that you go through you know Mm. that is why you know if done correctly depending on what you define success as and what you want um you will you know it's it's deserved yeah so now let's shift to managing the disappointments how how do we manage how do we now like what are some of the steps what are some of the tools that can be used to manage the disappointments that come along with all of this emotional baggage yeah sure so I think one of them as I say is working on yourself and doing what you need to do to on yourself to be able to navigate this without coming off always wounded mm. um and, and still have a sense of self that is positive and healthy that is and still being able to give to other people as well because i think you know sometimes hard lessons can make your heart hard mm. and it's a challenge mm. that, that happens that you mm. can continue to give generously of what you know and what you've learned oh my god that's so deep that's so deep what you just said and it's so true hard lessons (laughs) can make your heart hard no it's real that's real you know like people become hardened and and cold it's it's true it's true yeah and that's where often not all the time some people might just be quite stingy with what they know but I think now from experience myself um I recognize that sometimes they could have just had a load of bad experiences. Um, yeah, it's true. No, it's true. When you meet people who are very aggressive, very bitter, very angry, it's easy to to judge them and say, "Oh my god, look at the way they are." But it's experiences yes. that make people that way. And not everyone not everyone's resilient and not everyone has an attitude of, you know, forgive and forget. Some people just get bitter. Some people get really bitter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, and then the second thing is self-care, which I know is a bit of a buzz term. Oh, God. But yeah. Ultimately, but, but it's it is about nourishing yourself, your mind and body. So mm. your mental well-being as well as your physical health, because ultimately those are the two things that would always help mm. you survive, mm. regardless of whatever else is going on. And so whatever it is for you personally, then tap into those things schedule time to actually you know nurture those things you know for me you know my faith is very important to me but also I do have to exercise that's something Mm -hmm. I can't avoid and when I'm not doing that my body suffers and that has a knock-on effect to you know my mental well-being and the energy I then have and the enthusiasm and the get up and go attitude that I need to get things done so you know I know 
exercise has to be a priority for me. Mm, mm, yeah. And I think, um, I think you've got to have your routines, you know, all successful people have their routines, you know, this is my morning routine. So I get up every morning at this time and I do this and then I do that. And before I start my day, I do this. And, you know, before I go to bed, I do that. I think having those, I think routines as, as much as we hate them, they're good for us because they provide some structure in our lives. And um, this, that structure sometimes can be good. So knowing, okay, every morning when I get up, I do my exercise or I do my yoga or I eat this or I eat that. I think there's, there's something good in that that helps you to, to develop because you know I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. Have a good day. Um, absolutely. And then the third thing I think is, um, okay it's twofold really Mm. but i'd say regardless of the place that you're regardless of why you're starting this business or growing it you do need to keep your eye on where the money is coming from Mm. in order to make sustainable because the reality is when if you don't have your eye on where the money is coming from this just becomes an expensive hobby because starting a business isn't cheap anyway Mm. emotionally Mm financially mm. and you have to be careful because after a while expensive hobbies uh you know they're not sustainable <laughs> nope. and so you you have to have and your you don't want to have an so expensive as, hobby at all exactly so regardless of how altruistic you are and all of these things you need to know where the money is coming from and that's something that i learned very quickly which yeah. is why i have made the recent changes in my business you know yeah. i need to make sure that i'm creating sustainable income not mm. just giving giving i mean there was a point at which my my facebook messenger and my dms were it was like you know i was giving away free consultation for a long time before i actually realized and what that does is train people never to pay you. And mm. then it puts you, you, know, you start picking up bad habits because you don't ever mention payment either. You don't even say, well, actually, this is a service I provide and it costs X, Y, Z. And these are, you know, this is how the process would work. So yeah. that can be very, very um, uh, toxic in terms of your business habits and practices, particularly yeah. if you're a freelancer or a consultant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any other ways we can manage these um, emotional? Yeah. And you know what? The last way, and the reason why I mentioned this one last is because although it's important, it can't come before the first three things that I have mentioned, in my opinion. Okay. The last one is about support networks. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. You know, you have to have genuine support networks, but you can't put that before your self-care. You can't put that before knowing where the money's coming from in your own business. And you can't put that before knowing your own self-worth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only when you've got the self-worth and the self-care things sorted that you're going to pick good associates, acquaintances. Or you're, go- or you're going to attract networks. them to you. You're going to attract them to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. People are, exactly. don't underestimate people, and I've learned this too, and I see it with myself. Like, I'm always attracted to the people who are positive and who've got a good energy. And, you know, even if they're going through a bad moment in their life, you just know deep down inside they're going to be okay because there's something in, they've got yeah. that, they illuminate something that's very contagious you know, that you just kind of pick up on. And I think those are the people you will attract when you're in a good place in your life. Like you said, when you've done that inner work, you know, yeah. Absolutely. So those really are my kind of probably four pointers on how to manage some of this emotional baggage. Yeah. And at what point do you think, um, for example, should someone walk away if, if, or at some point, if they realize, you know, several years have passed by and, they're still dealing with all of this emotional baggage because I believe this definitely happens in the beginning, but then it kind of plateaus. And then as you figure stuff out, this kind of stuff falls to the side. It, it, it only happens, you know, in the beginning stages, but what if you're, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years in business and you're still going through all of this stuff. Do you think then it's time to move on? They haven't figured it out or something's not right, or they got to bring someone external in to help them, you know, a coach or, or something. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think it all depends on what, how you define success and the type of life you want to live. Mm. You know, if your mental well-being is important to you, if a family life is important to you, mm-hmm. then you will be prepared to sacrifice anything that detracts from that. For mm. me personally, you know, my mental well-being is important. So it's having a balanced family you know, life and family interactions. So anything that starts to threaten the thriving of that is something that I'm going to have to get rid of. But that's mm. me personally. There are other people who have different definitions of success and yes. different factors for their own happiness. So I think for me, you know, if something's not making money over a sustained period, something has to change. If yeah. my priorities are my mental well-being and my family, are being threatened something has to change and so that that is why you know you and I've discussed how I've had to evolve because actually I see where my business needs to go I need to create more money in order to achieve that and so yes I'm having to change the type of content that I not the type of content I have to change the channel of content that I'm using Hmm. make sure it's realistic and Hmm. and then go back and find a corporate job to fund my business again. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, the assessment that I've had to carry. Yeah. yeah. So and I think I, it depends yeah. from person to person. And I would like to, I'm really glad that you shared that because that's something else people need to know as well. You started something, you know, you figured it out, but you, you still need to get some more support. So you have decided to go back into that corporate space. You need that, um, steady income for a while to now reinvest or invest again into this product that you that you believe in and that that you want to work and that's something people need to understand too you may have to do that you know um yes don't think that the the odds of you leaving and then never getting a job again are very slim you're gonna have to get a job again whether that's gonna be a side gig a side hustle a retail job a consulting job (laughs) or going back into the corporate world or or doing whatever, you're going to have to get another job because it's going to take time before you are profitable enough where you can be employed full-time by your company. That's going to take time. Exactly. That's not going to happen overnight. Absolutely. And, and, and you know fooled. what? That is another bit of emotional baggage sometimes you have to get over. Yeah. And don't be fooled because people are maybe working five, six, seven, eight jobs, but their Instagram is only going to show you that they're building a business. <laughs> Absolutely. absolutely and this is it so and and this is why it's it's important not to as i say lose sight of the fact that you've got to live every day you've got bills to pay Mm. and so you've got sensible decisions that enable you to do that at the end of the day yeah and you've got to show that i think there are a lot of people and i see it a lot you know their social media shows them flying all over the place um attending all these events and doing all this stuff the social media doesn't show them that they're also full-time employed by a company, that they're also working a five <laughs> and that. And I'm like, you know, people, people need to stop it. Like, you know, I am employed full-time as a teacher. That is my full-time gig. That is something I've always wanted to do. And I'm giving myself the opportunity to do this now, but I'm also building this business. You know, I'm not some big baller. I don't have like a bank account rolling around. Like I got a job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I got responsibilities. I got to teach my kids. And I think a lot of people do have these jobs, but they're not showing you that. They want you to believe that you can just jump straight into starting a business and you're never going to need to work again. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. No, absolutely. So yeah, no. I mean, that's really what I think it was important at this point probably in my journey to share with with your community. And you have shared so many important points and tidbits and I'm so thankful for this conversation because um, even though I'm three years in and I've gone through a lot of this and I'm kind of steadied out now, plateaued out and I'm going to the next level, it's just so important to have these conversations because, you know, even going to the next level, there's still going to be a whole lot of set of issues and and it can Mm. be scary because then you can have setbacks again and you know, but every stage is, is going to offer a different type of, of, uh, of challenge and that's okay too. But you, yes. like you said, you've got you've to gotta sort yourself out in these beginning stages. So what is the, um, the most important uh, tip or advice or the final last words that you would like to 
leave with our uh, listening audience? Hmm. Or a few words, if you have a lot to say and you can't narrow it down. <laughs> um, don't waste time striving for perfection in yourself, mm. other people, and mm. your business. Mm. Because it's just not realistic at mm. the end of the day. Just work on being happy and mm. being present giving mm. you know 100% to what it is that you're trying to do mm. so you mean like don't try to have the perfect social media the perfect Instagram the perfect exactly. website the perfect this yes. the perfect that because that's, that's not really... required to actually make you know it's not required to make money and it's certainly not required to reach the people that you're trying to nope. reach and help having a pretty Instagram feed is nice but that doesn't mean it's and you can have a million followers but it doesn't translate into money you know absolutely not and i know that to be a fact from having helped other people who have followings who aren't making any money mm -hmm. so you know it, it it's yeah, about impact. it's about impact and the people that you're touching you know gary v, gary v did a video on this just today he was like too many people get caught up in the numbers oh um i only have a hundred instagram followers i'm gonna go kill myself i'm depressed or oh look at look at the changes in the numbers and he's like people need to stop it's about that one person or those few people that you can have an impact on with your videos or with your social media stop focusing on the numbers but so many and the thing about it is numbers. what makes it even worse is that if you think about it before social media there was no expectation no feasible expectation that one person would have millions of friends mm. Mm. you know it's ridiculous when you really think about it this it is a construct social mm. media it's a construct within itself it's not real life even yeah. though people have made it for life and yes it is a tool that we use in real life but i think it's very dangerous to see yourself as a person and your values in in conjunction with what is a construct yep a and like, and followers and uh you know you I've, I've 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 watched youtube and i've seen social media influences on YouTube, like practically begging people to follow them and like their videos. And it's like, Jesus, you know, like, <laughs> wow, you know, so they can attend, you know, that YouTube event or that Facebook event and, you know, get gifts and be an influencer. And it's like, but is that why you're doing all of this? Is that what this boils down to? Because that's not a good reason to build a business or, or become an entrepreneur. You, you've got to have meaning, you've got to have imp like, like a strong purpose, I think you know yeah. yeah yeah so yeah that's really what I, I think I would definitely share at this point great well thank you for that share and so now about you tell us is there anything you need right now anything you want to collaborate on anything you need help with anything that you are looking for do you know what I actually just continue to be you know, strengthen and encourage from seeing other women also go out there and do what really makes them happy. And yeah. so I love platforms like yours and I love Thank to so read about, about women similar to us who are also doing the same thing. So <laughs> I need everyone to keep going, keep trying, really. Oh God, that's um, Yeah, that's inspirational. <laughs> it's true, you know, everybody needs to keep going so that you can keep going too, right? Yes, exactly. That's really important. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I, uh, there are many various reasons I, I decided to start this podcast, but one of those reasons is because in order to stay motivated, you need to be around a circle of people that are also motivated and you need to, sometimes you've got to create that, that community and that network for yourself because you, you need that inspiration. You constantly need to feed off of other people's stuff. And you need to stay inspired. You know, when I, when I see another woman doing something and she's successful at it, I think, wow, man, if she can do it, I can do it too, you know? And I go out there and I want to try to do that as well. And not seeing that sometimes can be very difficult in yes. terms of staying motivated and, and getting things done. So I think that is a beautiful message uh, to just keep going. That's really, really important. So I would like to thank you so much, Ashanti, for all of the work that you have done in the past, all of the work you are doing now, and everything you're going to do in the future. I think what, you, what you've done with Women in Food is, is really niche. 
Um, I remember when you when we did the interview, I think it was like three, two, three years ago on the London platform, you were just starting out and seeing all the stuff you have done up until now, you've done a lot. <laughs> so I, I, I just want to thank you and commend you and congratulate you. And now you're transitioning into the next level and I can't wait to see what you do next. So thank you so much for all the work you've done. You are valued, you're important, and you need to keep going to keep us inspired and motivated as well. All right, everyone. So that is it for this podcast episode with Ashanti. Thank you so much for joining in and listening in. We hope you enjoy this listen. And until next time, stay rare. Bye for now.